1: Welcome to Light Years, Andy Lou. We're recording this on a pleasant Friday afternoon, Friday, June 11th. The San Francisco Giants and Oakland A's are in first place right now, and there was a there was an interesting article today on ESPN. I was kind of waiting to see when ESPN would do a story on the Giants because they're kind of the surprise team of baseball. Like Everyone knew the A's were going to be good. Everyone knows the Dodgers are going to be good, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But the Giants are kind of that one team no one predicted to be competitive who's in first place in a division. And so we get this great article today that kind of, I feel like it compiles everything we've been like bits and pieces seeing and hearing over the last year.
2: I was thought we were going to get this earlier. <laughs> I thought we were going to get it from maybe the Bay Area media. I, actually, I don't know. I thought – I did, I don't know. Somebody was going to write this thing. I guess me and you were talking about it for a long time. I am very happy it came out uh, a quarter, a little bit over a quarter through the baseball season, Sam. Um, and I guess the Giants have to be taken seriously at this point. I don't even know whether to take them seriously. But I think what needs to be taken seriously is the process from which they built this, uh, this baseball team.
1: Just I think everything they did is real. Like that. That's that's the cool part. Absolutely. Like they might not end up holding off the Dodgers, who have a superstar team right now, but like they're they're way too far into the season to not take this team seriously. And your point is correct. The process is what we want to focus on today. Obviously, Light Years Warriors related show. So I wanted to talk about this. There was um, the the thing that this article by. Tim Kuhn really focused in on for me was giving tangible examples to fans of ways forward thinking next generation teams who understand how to use analytics and coaching in unison together to get the best out of the players and kind of put the best product on the field. They gave us a lot of tangible examples. And I want to start with this one, Andy, talking about, um, Kevin Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman was, what, Firehound's first pitching signing? Is that right, Andy?
2: (laughs) At least the first that matters, yes, but yes.
1: And he he was kind of just an inconsistent guy that, you know, he threw hard. He had some stuff, but, like, I think he had, like, a five or six ERA everywhere he'd been. He's, by all intents and purposes, one of those guys who are like, oh, he's got some tools, but he's not particularly good. Giants take him. Giants look at what he does well. And lean into that, and all of a sudden, he's going to be an all-star this year. And I want to focus on this one passage here. They're going off about they're, – they're talking here that he goes, I look back. Farhan says to him, this is going to sound maybe old school, but so much of pitching success is avoiding mistakes rather than throwing nasty pitches. There's an asymmetrical payoff to really bad pitches and really bad mistakes. And so essentially what they told him is, you throw two pitches that no one can hit, and then your slider, everyone can hit. So stop throwing your goddamn slider, you know? <laughs> and next thing you know, it goes from having like a 5'6 ERA to being one of the best starting pitchers in baseball this year. And it sounds so simple, but as I'm watching the Warriors, and I'm watching Kelly Oubre dribble into pull-up twos, and Kent Bazemore do whatever the hell he does when he gets the ball, and even Andrew Wiggins take those fadeaways. It's like, at what point are you going to get involved in this and be like, maybe we should put them in a smaller defined role where they can excel?
2: Yeah, the uh, the cool thing about uh, what the Giants have done, Farhan and, and Gabe Kapler, is that they're looking to optimize all of these players pretty much only to their strengths. So you talk about the pitching and, and the type of pitches that Gosman throws, right? Now he only throws two, essentially. Uh, he throws his fastball, and then he throws his splitter. That's it. it it's like saying, well, James Wiseman, you only get to shoot a three or you only get to duck. You don't get to do any other bullshit, right, that that he ends up doing or, or go down the list of what you just said, Kelly Oubre, et cetera, down the line. Um, the cool thing um, about that is I think the Giants don't care what you do well. That's the part that's cool to me, too. If if Gosman had a really sweet slider, or if he had a really right. sweet like slurve ball or whatever it was, they would just say, "Just throw that." If you want to throw underhand, <laughs> like Tyler Rogers, if it, just, works, say, just it, do it works, it works. Yeah. yeah, if it works, it works. Like we don't care how it works. If it works, like Matt Whistler was someone he only throws one pitch. It doesn't work. They traded him right, like pretty straightforward. So it, it's yeah, the, the Warriors comparison is that what the Warriors it always felt like, and and what the Warriors did worked when they won those championships was that. They found a great group of players that, number one, plays the exact style that the Warriors want. And number two, their strengths are the same as Steve Kerr's strengths. So when you put together Andre Godal, Livingston, all those guys, Steph Curry, all those guys' strengths, and Steve Kerr strengths, like that, that creates a championship team. The Giants don't have that luxury. Like, I guess if they preferred Sam, they would rather have Tyler Rogers throw 98 with a wipeout slider. Right. Or
1: or 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 whatever. He
2: doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. So why would you ask him to do it? I think that's the coolest part. that That's that's really the coolest part.
1: And I think for me, the two big things, someone in the chat, oh, option zero mentions front office coaching synergy. That's a huge difference. And he's correct. The biggest difference here is the Giants appear to all be on the same page with what they want to do with players. Farhan's bringing in guys. The coaching staff is giving them clear instructions on how to optimize these players. And we're going to see sooner or later when they get young players in here, they're going to be focused on how to optimize those players to develop them into being actual superstars, not just being your, your fringe player, or like, you know, turning into a really nice platoon outfielder. Um, And I think that is another aspect that I think we could really, the Warriors could really learn for the Giants on because They had great synergy when they had Igadala, when they had Livingston, when they had this this first group of players that obviously went to three finals, that, uh, sorry, went to five finals, won three (laughs) titles. Now they're in this space where they have an expensive team and they need to play within the margins and figure out, A, how to develop young players and B, how to take imperfect veterans but make them useful pieces. And all year, it's been a lot of, Head coach wants to go through door A. Front office wants to go through door B. There hasn't been that. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, like, Gabe Kettler is
2: basically just just does whatever Farhan wants, right? Like, that's kind of his whole thing. But I think the coolest part of what you're trying to say is it's not just, well, he it's hired, not just Cap. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> why so he has the job. It's, it's, and, the, and Farhan's loved him forever. Right? He tried to get him uh, previously. Uh, it, it's the rest of the coaching staff. It's the rest of the coaching staff. It's not just Cap. It's the rest of those guys that that pretty much – that pretty much does what what Farhan envisions um, as as based in the future, the type of development stuff. That's actually what I'm most curious about. And this article doesn't go into it um, that much, but I'm curious, like Kai Correa, I bring him up because he's Asian. But, like, he's he's a bench guy. But, like, I want to know what this development team is doing. Uh, Grant Brisby had a, a sweet article. Actually, it might have been someone else. I, I'm mistaken if I had the name wrong. But he wrote about driveline, right? He wrote about the way that these guys view uh, launch ankles and how they want to hit balls. Like for baseball guys, I'm sure they understand all of that, Sam. But like to me, I don't know what that means. Like I don't know what, what all these developmental stuff means. Like I wanna see how this coaching staff from the minor leagues to the to the to the big leagues figures it out. Cause I think the pitching staff, and Grant did right about this, the, the pitching staff in the minors are a lot better uh this year with a lot of random pitchers. Like that we did not think were actually gonna be good. They were not top prospects. And now you're like, oh, these guys might actually be major leaguers. Versus what they were last season. And that's, that's kudos to the developmental staff, right? And, and okay, so compare that to the Warriors. Well, it's, it's kudos, yeah. it's
1: kudos to both, isn't it? It's kudos right, to scouting, right. Right. to finding guys who maybe, maybe you've been overlooked, um, because their overall game isn't good, but they have like a couple tools which are really above average. Like maybe you have a guy who throws really hard, but like doesn't really know how to command it, for example. And, You, you know, you you think you can kind of get them under control and make them effective. The equivalent of that would be like, I don't know, a Justinian Jessup, who we know can shoot the ball, but no one's sure if he can defend or do other stuff. Maybe you take a chance on a guy like that if you believe your player development can make him confident enough at the other aspects of the game
2: they wouldn't the, the problem with the warriors is they wouldn't think of it like that. And that's, that's your point. It's, they rather have find a guy that's pretty kind of baseline in all things and decent in all things where he's a decent shooter. decent passive decent rebounder, right. Versus one guy that has one great, great, great skill. And then they can play off of that. Um, I think the developmental stuff of both the rookies and the veterans are, are interesting to look at because uh, they're taking Brandon belt and Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey, who are kind of, successful guys, been all stars in the past and how they're good again. And then they're bringing in also new guys. Uh, like you're saying, Gosman. I can do it again. I guess the difference I would say is Sam, is that the, in baseball, you just get a lot more hits. Like you get a lot more hit, like a lot, like literally a lot, you more, get at a lot more at bats. <laughs> like literally like you get a lot more at bats at getting these players, like whether they're good or they're not good. Like the Farhan went through like a million players and we all so remember, remember Joe, <laughs> Yeah. We only remember this. So there's that. I mean, I mean, there's that. But I think the process, is just it's been done a lot better where they're kind of cohesive.
1: Yeah, to take it to basketball, I look at someone like the Utah Jazz. I don't think – well, okay, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar in the making. Like I was looking at Donovan Mitchell's numbers. They are on par if not better than Damian Lillard's numbers at the same age. And I feel like that's kind of the trajectory he's on. He's going to be like that kind of player, like legitimately a top 10 player and a guy who can be maybe your best perimeter player on a contender. Um, but with that said, you know, Utah's roster is a lot of guys who, if you looked at it on paper, you'd be like, okay, Clarkson can do some things. Conley's a good player. Joe Inglis is a good player. They're, they're all good players, but like you don't think contender when you look at the roster. But when you look at the way they've built that up by being smart, building a team that's optimized analytically, they take and make more threes than anyone, finding players like Joe Inglis and kind of really developing them in a way that other people wouldn't have thought to. Like You remember seeing Joe Inglis when he was like the 10th man on the Clippers? I don't think anyone had thought he'd get to this good, but they saw it and they worked on it. They brought him out to it. And I think that is something that's very analogous to baseball. That's actually Utah's probably the closest example to what we're seeing with the San Francisco Giants or you know what we've seen with the Oakland A's over. There.
2: Well, English – I thought it was Ingle, so I'm going to follow it's you. Engel, sorry. A, I'm gonna, oh, yeah, is it? That's was my, that's my your, bad. I was uh, looking for a copy. Yeah. It. <laughs> uh, him, I mean, he was in a Warriors Summer League jersey. George Niang was in a Warriors – was it Santa Cruz Warriors jersey. Remember that? But I bet you yep. George Niang is is someone that – and Royce O'Neal is also someone that developed that's really awesome, right? He's a good defender, good shooter, just classic 3 and D guy, really. really does Yeah, not, not really. Haroldin, I'm not well. even sure he was drafted. So well, see, yeah, <laughs> I mean and, and so like Niang feels like a guy to me that's like he you probably look at him and the players looked at him, Warriors probably looked at him and say, he's not gonna play much defense. He like, kind of does it, he's really slow. He's really slow, doesn't get anything off the dribble, um, doesn't really pass. Like all he does out there is just shoot a bunch of threes and he kind of knows how to play basketball. That's all he does, but it's effective, he's a playoff rotation player. That's a cool part. And uh, they've kind of built their way around those guys. Um and so that that's kind of how now they're kind of a machine. So I think the Utah Jazz stuff is, is a great point that you're making because i don't you look at these players bojan bogdanovich another guy where you're like well he's, he's not athletic either he's certainly yeah, not you, look, you look at them on, you he look was, at them on
1: paper <laughs> and you're like i don't think they really have enough to be the top seed and the favorite to get out of the west but when you watch them play yeah they absolutely do they absolutely do and all this goes back to um I think we're dealing with the realities of the games evolving a little bit. It's, you know, it's hard to find players. Everyone would like to have Kevin Durant and uh, mesh him with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson's prime and do that whole thing. Uh, you don't always get that luxury. The Warriors had a luxury for three years, and they may have fallen behind during that three years because they didn't have to keep looking forward. Uh, they have a shot at it now.
2: I, I think a lot of people do say, like, the jokes are always, you know, Fonzaidi would have picked LaMelo Ball. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But James Wiseman has some pretty sweet traits that I'm sure I would have liked. I'm sure he would have looked at him and said, oh, okay. Like The better – yeah. Maybe, maybe even the
1: better comp is what you said earlier in the podcast. If the Giants drafted Wiseman or whatever the baseball clone of him is, I feel fairly confident that Farhan and his staff yeah. would have had a very coherent yeah. plan yeah for how they want to develop him um, and go for anyone. And that's kind of what was the frustrating thing about w- with the Warriors this year. It's like, they get this ultra toolsy raw player who's like a ball of clay that you can build in any way you want. Uh, and he's, he does a couple things. Like, I mean, you just don't find humans who are that big and move like that. And for the better part of the year, he was just kind of like a, a deer in headlights with no clue what to do. And for me, that's like, that's got to be on the coaching staff. Yeah. I, I, d- damn. Like, yeah, that's a perfect point. It's, uh, you, if you're going to pick the guy and
2: you get, you pick the guy with great traits, aka he's seven foot, he jumps high, he's, he's got touch. Play. Yeah. That, then you, then, then you play him, then you put him in a position that makes sense. Alex Simon uh, in the chat brought up, uh, hunter bishop and that's a great a great freaking point because hunter bishop literally only had one great season in uh in college where he broke out but he's so big he's so strong and he runs so fast and he has so much power that the giants just said well oh, we're just gonna pick him at number 10 we don't know whether he's gonna work out but the dude just has so much talent and uh, i actually don't know how he's doing in, in the minors right now so you guys are gonna have to help me out there but they they just they draft him because of that. Right? They're just like, well, he has just too much talent. Let's let him figure it out. And that's the difference. I'm pretty, sure he, was difference. Always,
1: I'm pretty sure he was always good in college. But um, what I was going to say, I'm pretty sure is, he had one breakout season. I'm like, pretty he, sure. He had one he crazy is, uh, season. What I was going to say is, yeah, all, all drafting all young drafting all young players is essentially taking someone who's talented but raw, and yeah, and, true, and yeah. it's just like you know, I mean. Every once, once a decade, you get a LeBron who it's like, it doesn't matter what position, what situation you put him in. He's going to figure it out on his own. Everyone else is like more on the Wiseman sphere where it's like with the right coaching and the right system, it can go well. With the wrong one, it might take a lot of weird turns and take forever for you to get there.
2: Yeah. I mean that's that's the, the other part I think here is, is you know the, the success with Jordan Poole is cool, however the however the hell that they got there. Like it's just that Wiseman is on a large lot lar- it's a, on a larger uh path, literally, and a lot more pressure. I mean, he's a second pick. If Jordan Poole busted, you know, people wouldn't have been happy, but I don't think that many people would have cared. Or I wouldn't have spoken to everyone would just say he's a late first round pick. James Wiseman, that's tough. Like in baseball you get multiple shots at it. You get a first round pick, second round pick, you could just sign one from you know, Latin America, wherever, um, you can just pay these players to come as 16-year-olds. Um, but in basketball, you have one shot, man. I guess the Warriors have another shot, though, Sam. You know, like, they get another shot with the number six pick, number seven pick, whatever it is, and then number 14. Like, technically, they get other shots at this thing.
3: Right. Um, but the right. more
2: important part is, like, even if they draft, even if they draft Davion Mitchell, it's like, how do you use him? Even if you draft
1: Scotty Barnes, how do you use him? What's your like, plan? That, yeah, what's your plan for – I mean, now everyone is saying the Warriors want to take someone who's more pro ready, yeah. which yeah. which is, I get, but even if you take a guy who did three, four years in college like Clay and Steph, they still took a few years and some development to get oh, to yeah. where you want. They were just Heck like yeah. more capable of helping in certain capacities at younger ages. And yeah, someone in the someone in the someone in the chat goes, draft skill sets, not age. And that's correct like i honestly i don't care if they draft a 19 year old or a 22 year old both of them are young and would have plenty of time like everyone loves to get like the youngest player because they think they're going to get some like 20 year player in their system but like let's be real about it you know like you're lucky if you get a nice five to eight year run out of any player who's drafted and a decade is basically you're a legend on that team forever right like Clay and Draymond are approaching a decade with the Warriors and they're absolute jersey in the rafter, le- you know, legends. Right. And they were older college players. What I care about is the Warriors drafting like the right player and draft the right skill set.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, I, and that's why I, maybe i maybe I can you can talk me into still being high on James Wiseman because it could be the right player. It could be the right skill set. Um, just just have them figure that out. The Gosman story is funny to loop it back around to the, to the ESPN story where we started with. With God's been looking in the mirror <laughs> of uh, and and I think that was the analogy of him looking in the mirror and knowing all of his flaws. And that, uh, the analogy was to the Giants telling him that, "Hey, we know all your strength and we know all of your flaws." Uh, in the scenario, it's like, "Hey, your strength, James, is to not stand in the post and post up or shoot a mid round uh, a long two. Like that is not your strength, or, or make a pass or." or or given the option to make a pass or shoot. Like, that, those should not be things that you should be doing. Yeah, that's a Ted Kumpo. You know, that wasn't really what he was doing. I just saw a clip of him shooting his rookie year. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know if you saw that, Sam. Um, yeah. But, but like, his rookie year, I mean, you could say Milwaukee developed him pretty well. And I think a lot of these superstars, the same way, because Giannis was not good coming in in his first year. Well, he was, um, clay he was the epitome was a of, year, a,
1: right? of an, an uh, undeveloped ball of clay as well, too. Like, you're just like, <laughs> he's really big and athletic, but I don't know what else he does at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, although
2: at this point, you could say against the Nets, you know, it's kind of what does he do? <laughs> He's just kind of big in I don't know what he
0: does. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Should we should we open to some questions? Let's see what people have. Yeah, let's, let's see. Yeah, got some I'm gonna bring there. I'm bring Alex Simon on first since yeah. he is ultra hyped about this topic.
4: Oh Alex, man, this this gets to the heart of like literally like what my dad and I talk about on an almost daily basis. It seems like um I it's funny as that article kind of points out. There is one spot where you can say that there is a pretty one to one comparison to how these two teams are acting in this year. And it's in the way that the Giants are handling Buster and in the way that Kerr handles Curry's minutes. Like, hey, this might be a detriment to us at certain points. I mean, the backup catcher for the Giants right now is a pretty terrible offensive position for him. Sally was hitting almost barely 100. But like, they they are sticking to the plan. And with their their top guys, if you will, their most impactful guy, they are sticking to their plan, even if it maybe is hurting them in the short term because they think the payoff's there in the long term. That's like the best one-to-one comp you may be.
1: Yeah, no, Alex, that's great. And I wanted to actually hit on um, something else you were mentioning in the chat, which is Farhan would have taken hit, taken Wiseman and made him a stretch five. So I feel like that is kind of the uh, the crux of the reason to even have this conversation, which is, we all acknowledge Wiseman's exceptionally talented. Right. He may be really raw, but I don't think the Warriors had a plan this. Actually, I know for a fact they didn't really have a plan for him. They didn't know what they wanted to do with him. You could say they hadn't had any young players of his potential in the past, but like it's a little egregious to take a player with that much upside and say he's going to be your future. And he want you want him to be the bridge piece to kind of help. Steph and clay and those guys win and then be the guy who goes beyond that and not have a, a development plan for him. Well, and I mean, that's something like I just could not imagine with the giants. Cause like right now the giants, you know, they have their old guys who won a title in the early part of the last decade. And they're kind of shuffling through trying to find players for this next generation, but it's, it's an incomplete project. And, and it's funny just because, like, you know, it obviously feels like a millennium
4: ago at this point. But Wiseman started the year making five of six threes in those first three games. And we all kind of looked, especially at the Milwaukee game, yeah, there was a bunch of blowout minutes and a bunch of time where he wasn't necessarily being defended all that heavily. But he clearly has an above-average jump shot from the outside for a guy his size and for yeah, right. somebody playing the five. And right. so what he has he has and what, touch and they built: And what Farhan very clearly, and really, I guess the whole organization, seems to have just such a masterful job of doing, and you even get it with Gosman in here, is don't do things that aren't going to work. We are only going to let you do the stuff that we know you're good at and try to help. That's why they have all these guys. That's why it seems like they have like a hockey line change in their lineup in like the sixth <laughs> or seventh inning once the starter comes out. And especially that was even more of a thing last year with the DH all the time and with even more buck guys on the roster. Like at times it's literally just, you almost see an entirely different lineup once the starting pitcher comes out because they don't want, you know, they don't want Wilmer Flores facing too many right-handed batters because they know he absolutely obliterates lefties, but he struggles. Yeah, that's the, that's the,
2: that's basically the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Like that's the team that, I mean, they made the world series and they spend less money than the A's, which is, which is embarrassing, but they have two lineups they have a lefty lefty against righty righty like they that's all they have two entirely separate lineups and that's kind of what
4: the giants have except they're in the NL um, and, and i mean you look yeah. at the giants obviously got rained out yesterday but their last game on wednesday they bring Littell in for a single inning to be an opener which nobody you know people have pointed out that like nobody really cared about it but they have this rookie who they absolutely love in Sammy Long who can pitch for a while but there's a lot of pressure coming in in, like, the first inning of a game and starting a game. And clearly, they had a plan of, we're going to have Littell just take the first few innings, give you as much time to kind of loosen up and warm up while the game's going on, while there's not as much, you know, attention and pressure, and then we're, you're, you're going to spin it. And Long was sensational, but it was clear, like, there was intentionality in the way that they went about how they pitched Long. Oh, I didn't know that. It's fascinating. Yeah, I mean that—that's the mental yeah.
2: side. That—that that I guess if you're talking about teams with analytics, and sorry, so I catch you up there. But like, that's the mental Go side that it. I think is important, right? Like that's that's. Oh, it's like oh, Like it's just numbers, numbers, numbers.
1: But yeah, I mean, now that you say that, that that's fascinating. That's the mental stuff that people care about. At least, I I, I probably should have led with this, but in that article that we uh, that we referenced, that kind of is where we're going with this pod. He mentions more than once about like optimizing performance and it's like very cliche like you know like tech industry like business stuff like andy i'm sure you've sat through some sort of like session on how to like optimize your performance at some point uh but but like at the core of it isn't that the goal of coaching it's like you're given a bunch of players a varying talent level, some guys are a little more important to you than others. Your job is to bring the best out of them, whatever that may be. You know, you want to make James Wiseman the best James Wiseman he can be. And part of that is having him feel good about himself by putting him in success positions to succeed, not look like he's gonna have a panic attack because he doesn't know how to operate out of the pitch post like Andrew Bogan. He did look
2: like he was gonna cry. I felt bad. I
1: actually I didn't I don't mean to laugh. I felt bad for him. For the kid in the season that's coming. that's like yeah. the point where i like it's lost so my mind with the coaching yeah. i'm like dude you w- yeah. what is this you're like throwing it's like throwing a two-year-old into a pool being like figure it out <laughs> jesus <Christ. laughs> or the bike use the bike analogy dude like
2: at least the pool you're gonna drown i mean like a bike at least you're just gonna scrape something. no I, I i'm with you and that's the fascinating part because it seems like a lot of this coaching staff is is gone uh right like it seems like they either got to motor or gone or whatever it is so, like, I'm interested because it seems like they know that. Oh, did you say something? Like, it seems like they know that. Right. Like, maybe they're making those changes. I find that to be very, very interesting because if they know they messed up, then they're bringing in new coach, coaching pieces uh, to help those guys. Like, I think that's that's a huge step. Obviously, it starts with
1: Steve Kerr. but he's not Well, good. And, the, and that's the interesting thing. Um, you know, Bochy left. It was done amicably, but, like, it was going to happen because Bochy – would want to do things his way, not Farhan's way, right? So it was just inevitable once they hired Farhan, like Bochi was going to leave and it was, you know, whether yeah. it well, there was going to be a year or two, but it was like you were never going to get Bochi to want to manage this way. This is not his style and that's fine, you know? Yeah. That's like what his, his style I was going to say, yeah. Like if I was Bochy, I'd be like, yeah, no, no either. Yeah. So, so that's like the other thing. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to say like, you know, Steve can never grow or change, but like, it's a question because if the, if the Warriors want to enter a new era, they either have to find the perfect fitting players for what he wants to do. Or if they want to go kind of be more next generation, you might need to bring in a coach who's more aligned with what the front office is thinking with a guy like Wiseman or with, um, you know, I don't know, Scotty Barnes or, God we're just going to mention Scotty Barnes as a stand in Love draft. me I do love me some Scotty
2: like let's say the next three guys just are are Jordan Poole Scotty and, and James right like those are not those actually well Scotty actually is a Kerr guy I think he does play the style that Kirk kind of likes but but never, like I he never do. shoots the ball <laughs> and he can't shoot um but you know you're going to this to stop those guys like they're going to bring in you know, second rounders and, and fringe pieces. Kerr's coaching this team for the next 10 years, man. Like, he's not going anywhere. So he's going to have to make some changes in his philosophy. He wants to succeed.
5: Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Maxwell, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Um, I have a question Uh, about Draymond. I think we can all agree that he's been pretty pathetic in how he's acted post-airballing the layup. And I mean, if you think about it, it is on brand because like it's very similar to how LeBron was after the 2011 finals because, you know, how he talked about how much money he has and how bad everyone else's life is. So I think this is straight out of the clutch playbook. But that's that that isn't my question, Mike. Well, I mean, my question is, <laughs> say we don't win another championship with the core of Steph Clay, and Dre. And when we the people look back on this era of Warriors basketball do you guys think Draymond will re- be remembered in a positive light and how awesome he was from 15 to 18, or do you think if his play stays the same or even regresses, we will remember him in a more negative light and we will think about his regression instead of how good he? Used to be? Ooh, okay, that's, a, to great take, that's a great this question. That's a great question, Sam.
2: Yeah, that's a great
5: yeah, one. Yeah, I'll, wow. I'll go.
1: I'll go first. I could be wow. remembered positively because ultimately he was a key contributor to three titles, a key, I mean, he did too many good stuff. Like if he has the career arc where the last few years are um, rough and kind of contentious and he's fighting with fans, like, we'll just remember that. But then like, you know, long-term it'll be like, man, Pete Draymond. I mean, he's one of the most special players the Warriors ever had. It's kind of like, yeah. it's kind of like your boy, Aubrey Huff. You know, you, you don't, don't <laughs> no, stop it. No, I was going to do a Giants cop.
2: And I heard you fucking, I heard your voice kind of <laughs> shake and start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna go with timmy N- not because you know he had the highs as timmy and stuff like that but like i think like timmy uh, had a short career um for what he was but like he had some insane breaks right. obviously and he was a fan favorite and all of that and great all-time pitcher but uh Draymond, i think could be kind of like that right like he may not have a great ending to it you might not have a great ending to it. You still, this guy's still laughing at Aubrey Huffcock. uh but like he, you're only gonna remember the great stuff, and it's three titles. Like end of the day, it's three freaking titles. He was Durant. the guy that was uh, key to recruiting Kevin Durant over, as the story goes. Hashtag and a lot of that in the true. parking lot. Yeah, I think I'm surprised. Warrior, she never did a shirt from Draymond in a parking lot, but uh, it may be too Twitter focused. But um, no, I think
1: you're gonna remember
2: the good stuff, man. There's no way Draymond Green is gonna be remembered otherwise, unless he. Uh, like what? I don't know because he's already won.
1: He'd have three. to go. He'd have to go full Aubrey Huff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is, yeah, there you go. But I don't I, think that's what I was going to say. Is
1: yeah. yeah I, don't, I mean, you can use the Giants as another comp here. I don't think Giants fans are focused on the fact that like Matt Cain couldn't, oh, yeah. couldn't throw, couldn't yeah. throw a strike the last two years or whatever. You know, like they just remember he was really good when they were winning, and maybe the last couple years he was terrible. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh-oh. Option zero. What's up, man? What's up, guys?
6: Um, Since we're gonna, since we're talking about Draymond, I thought I'd just bring up something I put in the mailbag channel. We all know Kurt hasn't built an offense that can score without Steph. Uh, are we sure he can build a defense that can defend without Dray? Ooh, that's a good
1: question. I actually feel a little more confident about their ability to develop a defense given – the personnel they have. Cause I don't think defense is, I just don't think it's as complicated to be, to be perfectly frank. You need guys who have a baseline amount of size and athleticism and mobility, but you can build a good defense with, without Draymond green. Can you build a one as good as the one you had with Draymond? Probably not, but I think you can build a good.
6: So I'm going to shotgun some topics. Um, I think while we well, we pointed out a lot of things that Farhan is doing that's really smart. The bigger like taking a step back, he takes advantage of every single tiny area to improve the team, whether it's making his existing veterans b- veterans better with a whole shitload of like data analysts and coaches that make Posey and Crawford and Belt good again. He also got Sam Long on a freaking minor league free agent deal. He gets a guy like Lamont Wade just because he can play like positions and has minor league options left just to make sure he has that level of flexibility just in case and oh by the way he actually does stuff too do you get the sense that the Warriors are that detail oriented I mean the example that I put on Twitter that I think you caught was they didn't trade Ubre and they don't have a plan for resigning him so if they don't get a TPE off of him, that's like one very obvious team building tool that they are not using so if you want to talk about Forehand comps, that they need to learn from it, take advantage of every single little detail to make your team better. Whether you think it's big or small, <laughs> something like Jessup. Didn't we get an article uh, yeah, that, that, that said was the one that was the one, Jessup yep. That's doesn't the have? One. They, they don't plan to bring Jessup over. They never, they never thought about bringing them over. They have like a buyout that they're too cheap to pay. Like, do you think Forehand would have like drafted a guy and then thought, yeah, I'm going to draft this guy. He might be good, but I have no plans to like bring him over. That's the opposite of what forehand would do forehand gets guys that has like 10 different ways to use them and a plan to, to bring them along and to use them the right way whereas the warriors draft a guy that just happens to turn out to be better and they don't even want to bring him over so it's like do you think they have learned the lesson to be more detail oriented in cap management roster management like is it like is bringing Borkin going to be one of those little things that helps or not i don't know by the way, Sam sources any update on broke, Duncan?
1: Anyways, <laughs> Ozzy, I appreciate you. Um, I do think they're going to get a TPE for Uber. I think. Hey, hey, hey Sam it's sources. Sam sources. Hey, Sam no, sources. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is, uh, I, I think the reason we're focused on the player development and coaching aspect of it is because I do think the front office has actually turned over a decent amount of players. Uh, not enough. To my liking, but it doesn't appear that there's a streamlined idea. They just kind of are like hey, here's a player, figure it out, you know.
2: You you do think that they get a uh, TPE for Ubre though? I think you said that at Try cut you off. You, you do think that's something that they will end up doing? That is something they,
1: they. That's something they're definitely going to try to do because they can always just not use it. But why would they not try? Again? You know, it's,
2: yeah, so. I'm with you.
1: I think another point that
2: OZ, great point that
1: makes with the Jessup stuff.
2: Um, it's the it's the vision, and then it's the the, uh, the the ability to 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 just not care, or excuse me, the inability to care about small pieces like Justin and Jessup. End of the day, second round pick is second round pick is not, not gonna. It's probably not gonna work, but you got to do your best to figure that out. Finance ID, as far, as far as I saw, he used he did as many transactions in that first year, I think, than than like the the last ten years of the Brian Sabian era. Right? Just you, you're just you just got to get at bat. So that brings guys.
1: us. So that brings right? us to our second point, which is um, not our second point, but like wh- whatever number point. Um, the the Warriors would tell you that they're over the luxury tax, and they just have less options. Like they don't have the ability to do as many things as other teams now some of that is bluster they did have a disabled player exception they did have um other avenues to add talent just keep bringing the payroll even higher but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i see a couple people in the chat saying they don't want to spend money i'm not gonna say they don't want to spend money they have the highest payroll in the bigs what i keep going back to is you have the highest payroll and i'm not seeing highest payroll production so why are we married to Wiggins, even to Draymond, to a lot of these players? Like maybe you should be shuffling and and seeing if you get like two players for Wiggins or something like that. The point of the matter is like you're just just saying we we have the highest payroll in the league and putting out an eight nine seed it it's not good enough. You know, yeah. it's actually not a good look for you at all. You should be looking at ways to move salaries so you can bring in better players. Some, some of what I like to see is is I think the Giants
2: do a very good job of kind of this, the sunk cost stuff. Like, hey, if you bring someone and they're not good, get rid of them. Like, there's no reason to have Whistler on this team more than, you know, than he is right now. Smiley Geek, like, hey, you you dropped two second-round picks to get the guy. Okay, like, you number one, you shouldn't have done that. But number two, why did you move two second-round picks to get him? And then number three, why did you leave him on the roster for so long, right? Like, those are three mistakes that, that – even if you made the first mistake, Sam, you didn't need to mix the you didn't need to make the second two. And the second two just tells me that you're just not like Ozzy was saying, you're just not really working within the details to make your team better. You're just saying, well, I already made this mistake. I might as well go through the process with making the mistake worse. And like in the day, like if they had cut Smiley and they signed another player, there's no that other player probably wouldn't have been very good either. But now we will never know because they had Smiley, who we knew was terrible the first moment he was on the team. And that's the stuff where it's like, people are going to say, I know people are getting mad at us and they're going to say like, oh, like it's just Smiley. Like it's just the guy on the, the 14th man. And, and you know, he's a second round pick. Like that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But that speaks more to what the, the front office is looking to do and how they're trying to get better. And if that's the way that they're trying to do it, then, I, you know, I don't I don't know if that's the best path.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you... You kind of have to keep trying until you find what you want. So I, I agree one hundred percent with you there. Let's let's keep moving. Hey. Ryan, what's up, man?
3: How are you? First of all, how are you guys? Good. Nice. Seventy Friday. degrees, man. Yeah. Seventy degrees. <laughs> Seventy in SoCal too. It's Ooh. been nice, but um. I, um, oh, Steve, you're making the pitch for
1: Kawhi to move up here. No other difference.
3: Oh uh, no, Lakeup's Le- already got the private jet uh, details on deck. He knows how to get him from San Diego <laughs> to San Francisco for practice and then back in time. I think he's got that plan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there's two things I want to talk about. First, there are first you guys missed the Draymond Green con. It's a uh, it's B. croft It's obviously Brandon Crawford, an elite defensive player who uh, lost his offense, but now magically might find his offense again. Who knows? Damn, that's, and good. Then, uh,
2: that's good. It's really
3: good. And then, and then, secondly, the Warriors—they have had some of these giant things. They buy second-round picks, for example. They did that during the dynasty run. They find players. They found Doniel House, Kendrick Nunn. They've had them on roster. The issue is that the coaching staff perhaps doesn't doesn't see the vision with these players. The front office finds these players, and then secondly, off of that. Once they have their 15-man roster, they don't continually churn the bottom of it, as Andy was pointing on. They are very rigid in that. Farhan wouldn't be like, okay, Nico Manny, and I drafted him. I must keep him. He'll be like, you know what? He's been useless. Let me try someone else on a two-way contract. Smiley wouldn't be on this roster. Mulder wouldn't be on this roster. They know how to find these through-the-cracks players. They just don't know how to retain them or develop them properly.
1: Ryan, that's a great point. Um... Andy mentioned Yang earlier. Daniel House was on the Warriors roster. Chris Boucher was in the Warriors system. I don't know if the Warriors are the best scouting team in the NBA. I don't think they're the worst, though. They churn out too many marginal players. It really does feel more like a player development thing that's going on with the coaching staff, not seeing the vision, not seeing how to use guys in that front, because if they didn't know how to scout, It'd be a lot more. It'd just be just an endless run of smileys, you
2: know. Yeah, it is. It, As it is easy. To bring yeah, it is easy to make fun of them for smiley. Um, you might be right. You might. You might be right. I mean, they. They. Uh, Jordan Poole has got it figured out. Who do we and that's the other thing I think with the words is that we just kind of don't know. It's like we kind of unless unless Sam Sources comes out here on the Premium Podcast and tells us exactly what's going on, we kind of don't know. Like. You know, maybe like who wanted
1: Wiseman and and how
2: do they want this team coached? I think that's why the the coaching stuff is so
1: fascinating. And finally, to the last point, and we also should have mentioned this earlier, we clearly know the coaching stuff is a real thing because you don't fire two thirds of your coaching staff if, or you don't like make those big changes to your coaching staff if you're happy with the job they're doing. Whether it's just like partially letting a few guys go or Clearing the whole staff out, coaches. That doesn't get done if you're happy with the direction they're going in. Usually, if you're happy the direction they're going in, guys get poached. The other, you get the other <laughs> thing going. You get like, you get Alvin Gentry getting, uh, you know, a head coaching gig because everyone's so enamored of what the Warriors are doing. You get Luke Walton getting a coaching gig, right?
2: That's a good point. I was, I was gonna say it's not like we're the only ones. Like I think Warriors fans who listen to this podcast, but, you know, they disagree or agree with us. Either way, it's all good with me. Um, I think the the important part is I think that Warriors' ownership does fuse similarly to some of the Warriors fans that may disagree with the coaching staff, right? Maybe even Steve Kirk feels that way himself. And I think that's that's where the changes come in. Like like you said, like you don't make those changes because the church like, yeah, like, like Mike Brown not going anywhere, at least as far as we know so far. Who was the one that
1: left? Uh, Jaron Collins? right? Like Jaron Collins is the only one publicly. There's been some other names. We do know oh, oh, more tell us, coaches. Tell us. Tell us. Leave. Stop. <laughs> not, nothing's confirmed but they will be making more changes on the staff yeah, yeah. supposedly so we'll see we'll see what they're going to do maybe it's maybe it's just two to three coaches maybe it's the whole staff I, I don't know we'll, we'll find out but like there's there's going to be changes made there from the Warriors side not you know someone coming in to hire um, you know uh, Nick Uren or something like that like that's not what we're talking about <laughs> alright next call Yo, he's, uh, he's, well, Walter, What is
7: up? Enjoying the beautiful day. Hey, I love this conversation with Farhan and thinking about the front office um, and thinking about how we run our G, G League and scouting and everything. It's um, it's really fascinating. I, and I do think that Warriors do a decent job of scouting, although I am very anti- Mike Dunleavy, who's one of our scouts um, or was for a while, quite a while for the last two years. So, um, But that being said, um, I, I really think it's not it's not the scouting or the d- development stuff. It's it's not having the right coaching there to bring him up, right? I, I always like to give credit to Chris Means and um, the Demarco credit that Fitz keeps giving for Pool, right? I don't I don't give that credit to to Steve Kerr, right? Because he had to go and take time away from the team to develop and take time on his own to develop. Right. And, and and I'd like to hear more that we have more of an infrastructure. And that's something that I think we see a lot in other sports, especially in soccer, where you, you almost have and again granted they all have academies and stuff, but you know, akin to something like in the MLS, like I'm a big follower of the Seattle team up there, and you know, they have a salary cap too, but they still have a development structure. And they're one of the few teams that goes through and actually develops younger kids and moves them up and moves them up into the organization. And you would think in the G League, where you can kind of get people on the low, like we did initially with Smiley, that we could hide them and not have to waste draft picks on them. So, But then we got too prideful and wanted to brag about who we were developing and then shot ourselves in the foot, right? I think that's where we get into trouble is that there's a lot of like, hey, we're light years ahead love the pod, but we're light years ahead, and we're brave <laughs> about what we're doing, and then we shot ourselves in the foot over the last couple of years.
1: That is um, kind of the most infuriating. I do agree with you, McWalter. The most infuriating point is when we get the the nice little PR puff piece about how uh, smart they are for finding Smiley in a gym with weeds coming through the, the baseboards. It's like, you know what he plays like? A guy who plays in a gym with weeds coming through the baseboards. Like, absolutely. He's not that-
7: absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just nuts. And and the hand thing though, he's got a lot of leeway with the Giants cuz the Giants weren't title contenders. And so that's the one thing that missed me on the on the comparison is like you're not comparing apples to apples, right? Like you you're comparing one team that has three Hall of Famers on it to a roster that has one in Posey um, and I'm not sure. Maybe Probably maybe Brandon Crawford could be one, like an Ozzy Smith type guy maybe. <laughs> I don't
5: right? know about like, that. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Right?
7: Yeah. Oh, no, he's – I do the see best your – Mick
1: Walters, we appreciate you. I do agree with you. Yeah, they're in different cycles. The Giants um, yeah. were bad like three years in a row, and they're like, all right, it's time to hit reset. The Warriors haven't quite re- – They better not reach that point because Steph no. is still an MVP. Uh, that's that's the, the fundamental difference. Like uh, the, the equivalent of having Steph Curry playing in his prime would be like if the Giants had five players playing in their prime, just because of baseball to basketball. <laughs> All right, last car.
2: <laughs> you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just laughing. The Crawford thing had me going. Jake, what's up, man? Can you guys hear me?
1: We can hear yes, you. Sir. Sweet. So um, I just wanted to ask a little question about the draft. I was pretty on board with just like trading the picks as soon as we could, but. Do you think it would be a good idea to draft the players so we have those
7: salaries? I saw Grant Lifman tweeting about it earlier. And then, you know, we could stack salaries maybe with Wiseman, or not Wiseman, I mean, we could, but for a player in that like
1: $16 million range and maybe even keep Wiggins in that case. What do you guys think about that? That's a great question, Jake. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's the second part of it. Um, technically, you know, if they don't trade the pick, or the player they draft on draft night, like they now have the salary on their books and Wiseman, for example, I think he makes 9 million, eight point something or 9.1 this year. Um, That would open. If you look at the Warriors books, it's a lot of guys making like under 3 million and guys making over 30. There's not a lot of guys in between where you can do that, like cobble it together trade. So it would be potentially helpful in that capacity. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, I wouldn't think of it too much, too hard that way. It's just a question of if they make a trade, it's because they think it's going to make the team better.
2: I would not, uh, I would not trust the Warriors to have this go, uh <laughs> galaxy brain, off coming up. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. I think they're going to get two picks. They're going to trade one. They're going to use one. They've got the Kelly Oubre signing trade, like what Sam sources just told us. They'll try to sign the vets using <laughs> clay thompson not, as a contender
1: it's, it's not sam sources
2: that's every <laughs> article ever <laughs> but like i think i think that'll be pretty straightforward like i don't think there's any any like crazy kind of i know the light years premium podcast discord comes up with really awesome ideas uh with just kind of players that they should Warriors should or shouldn't get or trade ideas i'm just looking at those and i'm just like i gotta be honest man like i don't think the warriors are doing these just because i don't think the warriors think that way like they're pretty vanilla with the way that they want to do it, and then, like it may work. That's the thing. Like it may work, but I, just, I look if they do it, I'm happy to. I'm happy to say i talk about it. It's just it's hard to think that they will, right? Like, at least that's how I feel. But that's not. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It's just it's just this team isn't the Daryl Morey Sixers or the Rockets or or the or that type of team, um, or the or the Presty uh, Thunder. Like they're just not that type of team. More like the Cowboys. No. Actually, somebody made that comment.
1: I'm, not, I'm stealing
2: that from someone, so I apologize.
1: You're stealing it from me with Jerry Jones and his sons running the team.
2: I do steal <laughs> stuff from Sam all the time. That is what I do. I would take credit for that, though, guys.
1: If people hey, Cowboys! So Cowboys won three Super Bowls with their big three. Also, um, <laughs> no, right, right, Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I don't like it. I don't like it. But yeah, I'm not ready to do three hours on locker Hey, I we appreciate you all. We'll be back next week.